0: So what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google?
1: I'm an introverted person at heart. So about three years ago, I chose to do something that really scares me every year. So last year was skydiving. Year before that was snorkeling with sharks. This year was climbing a Rocky Mountain. So whatever scares Storkeling me.
0: Snorkeling with me. sharks. Oh. Yes. <laughs> snorkeling. Were you not in
1: a cage? No, I wasn't in a, I oh. was not in a cage.
0: Oh, where was this? This was in Belize. Right. Oh man, I don't know. Like maybe, that's not an introvert. That's just like, it sounds like I'm not a crazy person. So I'm going to do crazy person things. That's that yeah. is what I, I think introverts like. this is what you're really saying to me. I'm not a crazy person, but I'm going to do crazy.
1: Sure. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> The most
0: inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to Island B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, we talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to find out how they're succeeding in today's crazy competitive market. Today on the show, I have Nathaniel Gardner. And Nathaniel is a guy that we've done some coaching with, and I absolutely love talking to people like Nathaniel with energy and focus. A couple of the interesting things about my conversation with Nathaniel. First, his business is 90% B, or private. So he's a lot of like non-traditional type of mortgages. About 50% of his business comes from Google, the other 50% is from realtors. And his first year in the business, he did just under 5 million, and in this year already he's funded 15 million. We even helped him hire an assistant in order to continue to grow. So I think you're gonna enjoy this conversation with Nathaniel. If you're a new mortgage broker and you're like, hey man, how do I get my business going like that? Go check out get10funded.com. We have a webinar there that you can check out where we show you how our brokerage can help you scale your business, just like Nathaniel. And I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, so Finmo. So we as a brokerage, when I looked around at the different platforms that were out there, I love Finmo because it was simple to use. It was great for the borrower, so great on their end. Easy for agents to use. You can literally to get it set up in minutes and it's got lots of great features smart doc e-signing it's connected to lender spotlight so you can basically search all the different lending products it's a fantastic tool so check out finmo.ca and thanks again for checking out this episode hey nathaniel welcome to the show hey scott thanks so tell me a little bit about yourself how did you get here how did you get into the mortgage space yeah i'm curious
1: yeah. So I started off, I was born in Toronto. I grew up in the suburbs of Ajax, first generation Canadians with my parents. Played basketball growing up, went to Brock University, studied business finance. From business finance, I got introduced to you know financial planning, the financial planning industry, had a couple of rental properties at the time. And a financial planner sat me down. It's like, hey, like you talk a lot about mortgages. Like, Why don't you just get your mortgage license? So I made the leap and I jumped into mortgage business. This probably happened about two years ago now.
0: So 2019 jumped in from financial planning into mortgage brokering. And so what made you the interest in it?
1: It was the real estate investments, the properties that I was able to acquire. So when I was in university, I did co-op and I was able to purchase my first rental property as a co-op student with the help of my brother. But I was only able to do that by going through the broker channel because my bank had rejected me at the time. So, my first property was through a broker. And then, after buying that first property, I graduated and bought three more properties all through the broker channel with the mortgage broker. So, I was able to kind of see that side on a customer side. And so, from there, I was like, okay, like, you know, you can really gain some wealth if you just are open to going through the broker channel or going to a broker. That initially showed me okay, like, you know, you can really do a lot of things. What, what has explain. that done
0: to your net worth owning this real estate since you were, like, <laughs> how, how has that helped you?
1: Quite significantly. So I, my first purchase was in 2016, right? So obviously yeah. I was able to ride that. Good timing. That we continue, exactly. Great timing and in a great area. So Niagara region was majority of the properties. So, you know, you're able to take the equity out and purchase more and so forth. So, you know, now I'm up to about 22 units.
0: Right. 22 yeah. doors or 22? 22, 22 uh, doors. Buildings. Yeah. Okay, dude, amazing. And so good for you. So you have this and then we'll talk more about your mortgage, kind of what's going on that in a second. So did you start full time? How did that go? Did you start part time? Or what was the process like there for you?
1: I started part time, I was doing the financial planning more full time. And it wasn't until about early this year, actually, where I was able to help out a client and just the ability to create a solution for him as a spouse of bio and the appreciation that he gave me. I was just like, man, there's a lot of Canadians that are struggling. And I wasn't really getting that type of effect, helping out clients on the financial planning standpoint, I, you know, they're opening up our RSPs and their TFSAs and saving, but like now on a mortgage side, I'm able to do so much more. You know, I really felt like, okay, like, you know, we need to actually go full-time with this. And so I did that about early this year, actually.
0: So did you stop doing the financial planning? Is it something that you still have or what do you do with it? I'm curious.
1: So the financial planning is just an added bonus to our clients. We also do the budgeting, you know, for new homeowners that typically are going to purchase a new home. We do offer a financial consultation for them. Whenever someone's purchasing a house, they typically find that, okay, like I have a mortgage now, I have property tax, et cetera, et cetera. So they might feel like the, you know, money's being dwindled down. So a good financial plan and a little budget to put in place, that's just an added bonus that we give to our clients.
0: Right. Okay. Makes sense. But your primary focus is the mortgages. A hundred percent. And then you got some spinoff knowledge from that. So was there any point that you questioned that you should have like, is this the right choice or like that you were second guess yourself?
1: No. So to get into the mortgage, no, there was never a hesitation or a doubt. However, I did doubt the ability to handle the workload. So as soon as I chose to go full time, with mortgages this was around April and May at one point in time I was probably doing about 10 files and I felt overwhelmed definitely actually overwhelmed long days and then that's exactly around the time that I saw 10 loans a month and I figured hey if 10 loans a month if they can do it I can do it too
0: right you were doing it you're like hey how do I do this easier exactly of, right okay so what surprised you most about the mortgage business what's been the biggest surprise for you
1: Probably two things are big biggest surprise. One is the lack of education awareness that Canadians have around their largest monthly payment. I think a lot of Canadians understand the difference between variable rates and fixed, and they also understand that low rates are better. But I don't think they understand that they're sitting on a lot of equity, that they don't need to be paying high-interest debts. They can use the untapped equity to help their kids with down payments, etc. So there's just so many things that they have ability to do but they're just not aware the education is missing. The second piece is I didn't realize that there's so much mortgage products out there, like tons of lenders. They all have different products. And when you're new in the industry, you're going to these like lender presentations, these bank presentations, and they're pitching their products and so forth. And it's like drinking water from a fire hose. Yeah, it's very
0: difficult. I have found that until you actually have a file in your hand working on it, it's very hard for it to stick in your head. You can go to these things like all day long. And at the end of the day, you're going to retain very small percentage. But as soon as you have a real client who is like, Nathaniel, are you going to get me this mortgage? You know, it's like all of a sudden, oh, it becomes real. You pay attention then. Would
1: you 100%. 100%. Yeah, definitely. You actually need a real client. You need a client file to say, okay, does this meet these ratios? Does this meet this? Is this the criteria? What's the requirements income wise, etc. A 100% you need an actual file to retained information.
0: Yeah. I've often thought like learning the underwriting side is kind of like trying to learn how to drive a car from a book. You gotta be (laughs) in the car. You gotta be in the car. And then you can be like, okay, now I can start to make sense of it. So you know in the mortgage though, there's two main things that we talk about all the time. There's sales and then there's underwriting. Which was harder for you?
1: Underwriting for sure. I equate sales to like education. And so having a finance background from university and financial planning, it was easy for me to take just really complex topics and create them into the simple digestible formats for clients it's found that easy to do yeah. but from an underwriting perspective as we just said like talking to different banks and having so many different products it was it's difficult to see what the requirements are from an underwriting perspective
0: right but well, your business is like you deal with some tricky stuff you're not just doing all straight a layups under the hoop you're doing stuff that's challenging. And so let's talk about that for a sec. So your first year in the mortgage business. So took 2020, what was your production in that year? You might be asking.
1: So 2020, we did about 4 million.
0: Yeah. And then so how's this year gone so far for you?
1: This year, we're looking to end off at about 15 million. So almost four times the amount.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, man. And then tell me about like, where does your business come from? So like, what's been successful for you guys?
1: Yeah. So what we do right now is Google AdWords and referrals. So it's about 50-50. We attract the clients that your bank rejected you. So you're going to come to us, that type of thing. So it's a lot of B deals, a lot of B business. For our A deals, they come from referrals, mostly from realtors or mm-hmm. just existing you know, friends, family, and the network.
0: Right. And then, so what would your split of A to B look like? What would you say that is?
1: From A to B, I'd say it's about 15% is A and then the rest 85 to like B and private.
0: Right. And you were saying to me earlier that it was, well, 50% of your business is from the Google going after these sort of people that get turned down and the other 50% is kind of referral based. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so for you, what was your kind of biggest takeaway from our training program? What was the most helpful part for you?
1: Two things. One was the customer journey and mm-hmm. the second was hiring an assistant. So both of those things I've done and it's allowed us to really scale and to have the ability to handle like uh, an increase in production. Like we would not have been able to do it if we didn't hone down the customer journey and also hire an assistant.
0: Yeah. But hiring an assistant without the customer journey is a bad idea.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent. Like the customer journey came first and that customer journey allowed my assistant to, okay, well I can create processes with this. And I can understand what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, right. making sure that, you know, the process is seamless and it's a good experience for the clients. And that then turns into more referrals and more repeat business once the customers have a great experience.
0: Right. So it lets you dial in a customer experience and then staff up around it. So yeah, that's awesome, man. And then how does it feel now? You're pretty new to already have an assistant, which is awesome. But how does it feel to have that extra support?
1: It's like a weight off my shoulders. Definitely. Like back in like when I first started to go full-time around May, I felt the pressures of it. But now with an assistant, she's able to do some tasks that allows me to free up time to then generate more business, able to help more people, able to have more conversations. So 100% is just a weight off my shoulders.
0: Okay. So does the assistant cost you money or make you money? She makes me money for sure. Yeah, of course. Right. Is she full-time or (laughs) part-time? She's full-time. Yeah. Right, that's awesome, man. Okay, so I'll ask some rapid fire questions now, if that's okay. So, what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google?
1: I'm an introverted person at heart. So, about three years ago, I chose to do something that really scares me every year. So, last year was skydiving. Year before that was snorkeling with sharks. This year was climbing a rocky mountain. So, whatever scares me with sharks. Oh, yes. (laughs) Snorkeling. Were you not in a cage? No, I wasn't in. I was not in the cage. Oh, where was this? This was in
0: Belize. Right. Oh man. I don't know. Like maybe <laughs> I, that's not an introvert. That's just like, it sounds like I'm not a crazy person. So I'm going to do crazy person things. That's, that's yeah. what I, I think introvert is like. <laughs> this is what you're really saying to me. I'm not a crazy person, but I'm going to do crazy <laughs> Sure.
1: Yeah, that is correct.
0: <laughs> so what's a movie everybody should watch at least once?
1: The pursuit of happiness. One of my favorite movies. Love I love that movie. I think the meaning behind it is very crucial. Well, what I think the meaning behind it is very crucial is that, You know, happiness is not just an end thing. It's not one final destination. It's just glimpses and just moments. And you truly go through the heartaches, the headaches, just for that one glimpse of happiness. And I know that when I'm dealing with these complex files, when I see that text from that client that says, hey, like, you know what? I appreciate everything that you've done for my family and so forth. Like that right there is... That's why you do it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great book too, if you've ever read it. His story is really like it's crazy what he had to go through. Like the movie I only actually, touches on. Yeah.
1: I actually haven't read the book, but I will do that. I read it. And I was
0: like, man, I was at points. I was like, wow, you think you have a tough life? Read this story. <laughs> You'll be like, man, that's crazy. Okay. So what are some software programs that you use or digital tools to make your business run better?
1: g suite mailchimp and docusign couldn't live without right
0: yeah that's awesome and then what's the best advice you received as a new mortgage broker
1: as a new mortgage broker so actually this summer i chose to reach out to 35 brokers in ontario for 2020 via linkedin and just to see if you know they're to have a conversation and the number one thing that they advised me was take care of the clients
0: right yeah obsessive with the clients Yep. You know, I saw a clip from Bezos on TikTok. I try to stay off TikTok because I say it's a crack cocaine of social media. <laughs> it's really like three hours. You want to waste three hours going there? Like where the heck did that go? And I saw a clip of Jeff Bezos back when he was like, you know, young and brand new Amazon. And he's like, we obsess about the client, not competition. Like, don't worry nice. about Competition doesn't matter. It's like, what does your client need? Everything else falls in place. It's brilliant, man. Okay. So knowing what you know now, and if you were to start over again, what would you do different?
1: I wouldn't waste money buying leads online, like, hey, 35 leads, buy this. I would not do that. I would focus more on marketing myself, marketing the business, and just further education on how I can best serve the client and designing the customer journey.
0: Right. That's great stuff, man. So where do people
1: find you online? So you can go to wiseequity.ca or also on Instagram, wise underscore equity. Yeah, those are the two main places that we- Are you on TikTok uh, yet? No,
0: no, no. Okay. I mean, either. So, but maybe someday. Okay. Awesome. Hey, Nathaniel. It's awesome to chat with you, man. I love what you're doing with your business. I have no doubt that with what you're doing right now, that you'll probably double again next year if you keep going. So it's fantastic. Good chat with you.
1: Thanks so much, Scott. Appreciate it.
0: This is an I Love Mortgage
1: Brokering production.